Welcome in to My Guys in the Desert. Happy Friday. Thank goodness it's Friday. I'm Danielle Avari. We're here at the VSIN Sportsbook Studio inside the South Point. And we also have Wes Reynolds alongside me, wrapping up a great week here on My Guys in the Desert. A lot to talk about, lots of NBA action. I think that was a little bit of an oversell. There's not a ton to talk about, but we have everything that you do need to talk about today. For the NBA tonight, Pelicans at 76ers, Lakers at Trailblazers, and Knicks at Suns. We're going to dive into these a little bit more in the second hour, but I wanted to get on some of these a little bit earlier since Pelicans 76ers underway in just about two hours here. If we take a look at the props for tonight, whenever we talk about props on primetime action, Gil and Matt, Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, they always say that you have to think about how a game is going to play out, right? So... How do you think this Pelican 76ers game is going to play out? You can see Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, Eric Bledsoe all up on DraftKings to bet on their points prop, assists, rebounds. Well, with uh, no Brandon Ingram tonight, and Mm -hmm. uh, also Joel Embiid is going to be listed as questionable. So you got to think that this is going to be a heavy Zion night if they're going to to, uh, stay in the game. It was nine, now down to seven and a half. No Brandon Ingram, no Steven Adams. So... Zion's pretty much uh, a man among, a man down low uh, without any friends, so he is going to have to produce for these guys. So that's why I think you're seeing the points the prop, prop at twenty eight and a half. Yeah, and, and I think it, that's really accounted for with the absence of Brandon Ingram, who's missed had to leave the game with an ankle injury last time out. Same with Stephen Adams with that toe injury. So. It, I would say the rebound prop would be probably where I would look before I would look at the points prop. So eight and a half here, and especially if NB doesn't go, obviously Sixers not with a ton of size down there without Joel Embiid. So if I'm looking at the props here for Pelican 76ers, mm-hmm. over on the rebounds for me was what really stood out with Zion Williamson. Yeah, I believe that number eight and a half, is that still where it's at? Uh, I have not checked. I believe uh, that's what I saw here on our sheet, though. (laughs) Okay. Well, then, yeah, it hasn't changed from there. So I'm going to assume yes. Okay. Uh, Lakers Trailblazers also going on later tonight. Man, the Lakers are really struggling right now. What do you expect to see from this matchup? Because even the Trailblazers, both of them kind of in a similar situation, right? Yeah, and this total is getting bet to the over, curiously enough. I think that's because Anthony Davis got upgraded to probable for the evening. We know LeBron is not going to go. I think this total, I know the Blazers' defense, not one of the better ones in the NBA, but I think this total is getting a little high at 223 because you have two teams, 37 and 29, Lakers in the sixth spot, Portland in the seventh spot. This is essentially like a playoff game, even though it's a late regular season matchup. And Portland's got the opportunity here. No LeBron on the floor. Mm-hmm. Want to take advantage of it. Line, I think it's seven and a half and it opened eight. Probably appropriate here because Portland is coming back off a long road trip. So usually when you get that first game back at home, more often than not, not all the time, but more often than not, I like to kind of fade that team in that first spot. It's a little bit different in this current environment with no spectators because usually you get that long trip and it's like you get one day in between of rest. Right. And then it's like, okay, I got to catch up on life. I got to catch up on seeing my significant others, seeing my kids, uh, meeting with our business manager, getting the tickets (laughs) allocated. Everybody's wanting tickets. So I got to get that all set up. So you're just trying to catch up on life. But I look to the total in this game. I like under 223. 
So would you look under it? Any props tonight? Dame Lillard's point total sitting at 26 and a half. I always like to look at the three pointers as well. Like you said, both teams kind of need this win. Um, and with no LeBron still, I mean, the opportunity there for the Trailblazers possibly. Norman Powell always steps up for this team too. But of course, they do have Dame and CJ on the court. Dame's three point prop three and a half tonight uh, minus 113 for that over and Norman Powell's is one and a half with the over a little bit juiced here minus 152 yeah uh, that's too high a big for me so yeah. I'm gonna pass on that one <laughs> all right what else do we have going on tonight Knicks at the Suns also the Knicks have won 12 of their last 14 games are in fourth place in the east what do you think of this matchup uh, leaned a little bit to the Knicks if I could get seven, which I'm not getting right now at six and a half, but also like the under in this matchup, Phoenix first game at home off that three game road trip. Knicks still on that late West coast road trip. Usually don't get one of these that late in the season. So I think defense in order here, Phoenix, obviously playing for a lot. They are currently now a game back of the jazz to get that number one seed. Phoenix is not a very fast tempo team, even though they can score. So I like the under 217 tonight. All right. Well, we obviously have more NBA to talk about in the second hour. We'll also go over MLB and college football with Kenny White. It's never too soon. Stick with us here on My Guys in the Desert. Welcome in to My Guys in the Desert. It's a beautiful Friday out in the desert. Danielle Alvari here at the VEASAN studio inside the South Point Sportsbook with Wes Reynolds. Coming up this hour in just a few moments, actually, Kenny White, professional handicapper, here to talk to us about some college football. I know you guys have been missing it. And later on, we'll have Teddy Greenside on. We were supposed to have JVT, but he had uh, other plans, unfortunately. But we'll be here to he update you. He stiffed us is what you're saying, yeah, Danielle. Yeah, he did a little bit. But, you know, we have to remember, he's he's a big star. Hardwood handicappers, yeah, he's got yeah, a lot. No, he's not a minor leaguer like me so uh, <laughs> he had better things to do oh come on Wes he's been go hosting the show with me all I week know, I know all right I'm I well, tease I kid I kid okay well let's start on a more positive note <laughs> let's bring in Kenny White to talk college football Kenny thanks so much for joining us and Wes glad glad to be here thanks for having me you're part of the A team now as you can see uh first things first how is your college football guide coming along yeah, it's coming along great. Uh, it's been been fun this year because there's so much talent in college football. Um, so far, I'm, I'm, I still have about 20 teams left to finish up here this next two weeks. And I've, I've already come across over 700 sixth-year seniors and probably about 10 seventh-year seniors in college football. So imagine that, 600 players will be playing college football this year on those 130 teams uh, that wouldn't normally be on the team. So there's almost five or six players per team that's three starters on offense, three starters on defense that each team has that they normally wouldn't have. This will be the most talent uh, college football has ever run out there in the college football field. So, Kenny, kind of from a macro standpoint, I know it goes on a team-by-team -team basis, but do you think all these returning seniors are going to maybe be a more positive for the offense or for defense? And I'm thinking mainly from a game-by-game -game total standpoint. Yeah, it's hard for me to say right now, Wes, on that, because I didn't break them down, those 600 players that I have that are coming back, whether they were offense or defense. I will take a look at that now that you you asked me that. But uh, I, I just, the, the play of the game is going to be so much better. You have that much more experience 
on the field, each team, which is going to lead to an amazing uh, Final Four. And we should have we should have 16 teams this year playing for it all because if there was a year, this is the year. Uh, all the powerhouses have lost their quarterbacks. And that's going to bring bring Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson back down a little bit to the level of the other teams. Now, they're still the better t- best teams in the country, but the, now there's about 25 teams that can challenge them and play uh, head toe to toe with them uh, for for a game and any any you know any any day any team can win a football game when you're in that top 25. So it's going to be a great year. I think I'm going to say we may only have one or two of those teams make the final four out of Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, and they're still great. But I'm going to say maybe one or two will make it. Kenny, I'm disappointed. It's it's May and you haven't gotten through those 600 players yet. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, of course. The guide you put together, amazing, incredibly comprehensive. Have you gotten involved at all in the FCS season? I see here the semifinals tomorrow, Delaware versus South Dakota State and James Madison versus Sam Houston State. What do you think? Yeah, two, two really good games. South Dakota State has been the... Uh, um, the top team in the FCS the entire year, one loss. Um, I, I think South Dakota State wins that game handily. And the other one, James Madison. South, Sam Houston just pulled off a big upset over North Dakota State, but was not the same North Dakota State that's won all those national championships. They had lost their quarterback, Trey Lance. They also lost several other players on their defensive side. So James Madison has a team been there before, done it. Um, I made Madison three and a half in the game. Uh, I think they're the winner there. And South Dakota State, I made 14. Kenny, what do you make of the totals here? And I'll start with the first game tomorrow, Delaware, South Dakota State. Very good defenses, two teams that actually like to run the ball. It kind of reminds me a little bit of a mid-2000s SEC game where we would get these totals in the 30s, which we really don't see in college football at any level anymore. Delaware, number one in terms of pass yards allowed per attempt, number two in terms of pass yards uh, per game. 38 is the current total. Can you go under this low of a total even in FCS? I can't because it's a blowout type of game. So you're right, though. My total was right there at 38. You had something running through my mind, Wes, which is amazing. You talked about the SEC, and we used to see those totals. In the day and age of the passing game, the SEC was the last conference to catch on that you have Mm -hmm. to throw the football. And they were the most talented conference, but they finally caught up to everybody else where they are throwing at 60% of the time. Uh, this, the second game, the James Madison game, um, that, that should be a very tough-fought game. Um, that, that one I'm actually looking to play under because James Madison's defense is outstanding. You can still bet on who could win the championship as well. South Dakota State, the favorite here at minus 167. James Madison, plus 275. Sam Houston State sitting at 3-1. to one. And Delaware, 8-1. to one. Those odds via DraftKings, of course, always shop around for the best odds. Who do you like to win it all? I like James Madison. I, yeah, there, there, South Dakota that. State is the best team, but James Madison's right there. And they have the experience of being there in that game in the last couple of years. So I, th- I think they finally get over the hump. They win the football game and they win the championship. Kenny, we'll stick with the college football theme, but um, uh, push it forward to the NFL draft. Anything, and now that it's uh, gone for a week old of the NFL draft being concluded, Anything that you saw in the draft that maybe changed your mind or gave you a more convincing argument for a team on the NFL futures market? And you can combine the draft with really free agency and the like, but anybody that you liked what they really did in the draft? Uh, you know, not, not really, because I haven't had a chance to dig into it like that because of the uh, college football magazine. And I'm just, I'm 24 seven college football. Um, I did some work on the NFL draft and I followed it. Um, 
But the thing I the thing I came away with is the NFL is now more than ever a passing league. When you look at that first round, it's all quarterbacks and wide receivers um, and, and offensive linemen. It's it's just amazing how everyone has transitioned to offense, offense, and more offense. Now, Kenny, I want to switch gears to tonight. I want to make sure we have time to get in all your action for tonight. What do you like on the slate? I see that you have three MLB plays in. Let's start with the Braves-Phillies. That game at 4.20 p.m. Pacific, 7.20 Eastern. Yeah, I, I hope we get offense, offense, and offense there. Thanks for leading me into that one, Danielle. <laughs> uh, eight, eight's the total. Uh, Zach Eflin has been good, but he's not great. He's he's a slightly above average major league pitcher, um, and it's the third time he has faced the Phillies this year. So uh, in less than a, you know a little more than a month's time. So that's advantage to the offense when you're seeing a guy for the third time. Same thing, other side, Charlie Morton. Third time he's seen the Phillies this year. And at 37, maybe this is it. And, you know, these guys do fall off real fast. Four of his six starts have been below average. Um, three of his last four starts, he's allowed four runs or more. Uh, the, the Atlanta offense is tremendous. I got him number four right now versus right-handed pitching statistically. But I have number one of my power ratings against right-handed pitching. So I, I think the Braves have a big night. I think Morton gives up a bunch of runs. Well, I'm glad that that's how you think the game is going to play out because I was just going through making my no run in the first inning bets and I skipped this game. I did not want any part of it. <laughs> so that's good to hear we're on the same page there. What about the Angels and the Dodgers tonight? 940 Eastern. Yeah, you know, this is those one of those rivalry games that uh, it's, a, it's a derby game. You throw out the, the numbers. Uh, both teams playing poorly right now. Dodgers 4-13 and 13 their last 17 games. Angels maybe even worse than that. But the, the thing I like about the Angels, besides the big plus price, is, is Griffin Canning has been very, very unlucky. Um, his velo's up to 94 right now. He's throwing the ball great. ERA is 620, but if you dig down in the numbers, his exit's 341. He's been very unlucky. Uh, I look for him to more be in a, in a pitcher that's about a 3-5 ERA. Uh, also, uh, Albert Pujols, tremendous career, just released. It's a little bit of a wake-up call. You know, when you release a Hall of Famer, everybody else is thinking, hey, I better do my job. They just released a Hall of Famer. I think the Angels really come to play tonight. Uh, big rivalry, taking that big plus price. And that's a good point you make, Kenny, because last night, of course, they got swept by the Rays. So it was kind of like, you know, when that happens immediately, when they release Albert Pujols, who's going right to Cooperstown when uh, he's all said and done here, Maybe that first night it was a little bit emotional because when you're seeing a guy that hits 660-plus home runs cleaning out his locker at Angel Stadium, that's tough to get over. So maybe this is the spot to kind of come in where you see a little bit of motivation. I know we deal more in numbers with baseball, really, than any other sport, and it's very much a numbers game. But I'm still a believer that there's good spots, even in a 162-game season and good situational spots. And I think you've hit on one tonight with Griffin Ganning. Yeah, and yeah, really, he, sorry, go ahead, Kenny. Yeah, Griffin Kenny's got really good stuff. Uh, 24 years old. Both guys are 24. But you know, you know what your ass can give you. Um, and he is a winner. Um, but I, I really like Canning. I think he's going to be a. I think he's going to be an above average major league pitcher in his time with the Angels. And just one more note on Albert Pujols. That's all I was trying to sneak in there. Was really cool article on him too. How he's paying for the employees in their minor league in the Dominican Republic for five months their salary. I think it's almost two hundred thousand dollars. So great guy, but definitely time for maybe the Angels to move on from him. What about your last play for the night here, Kenny? Giants and Padres. And the Giants have been a real surprise team. I'm sure to everybody. Um, great job so far out the gate. 
Uh, they're a better offensive team right now than San Diego is. Blake Snell has struggled. Um, about an average big league pitcher. In the last couple of years with Tampa, he was about an average big league pitcher. Um, on the other side, uh, Discafani has been really good, uh, surprisingly really good. He's allowed one run or less in four of his six starts. He has been a little lucky. Uh, his Babbitt 2.29 and uh, .229, and then uh, 87% left on base percentage. So a little lucky, but still, he's been 25% better than an average pitcher, where Snell's been average. Uh, Giants 11th in OPS versus left-handed pitching. San Diego's 18th in baseball right now versus right-handed pitching in OPS. So I think I got an advantage on offense and on the mound. Rivalry game plus the 28, I'll take it. Kenny, you mentioned BABIP, which is batting average balls in play for those that don't know. And that's kind of one of the main metrics in baseball that does measure a little bit of luck. What do you consider in terms of the league average? Because sometimes you see these BABIPs and they're like 460. And then sometimes, like you said, with Desclafani in the 220s, what do you consider the league average when you're really kind of gauging that stat and seeing who's been unlucky and who's been lucky? Yeah, it's, it's gone down to West over the years. When I first started following it, it was talked about Greg Maddox, and that's where they found out Babbitt was really a good indicator because Greg Maddox, in his good years, um, had about an average Babbitt. In his bad years, he had a high Babbitt, and it was a reason why balls weren't being hit at fielders like they normally would be, and he was a great ground ball pitcher. Uh, it, it was about 280, and I think it's down to about 265 in that range, maybe 270 right around there is about the average Babbitt. And to your point about Desclafani, I believe this is the highest ground ball rate he's had in his career, 54.6%. He's actually posting career-high stats in San Francisco coming in from Cincinnati. So maybe potential regression coming at some point for him. Now, Kenny, yeah, hard, you, oh, so it's hard to go hit, ahead. It's hard to, hit, it's hard to <laughs> hit ground balls over the fence. That's And I love, love ground ball pitchers for that reason. Kenny, I just wanted to ask you, we're just about 20% of the way through the season. A lot of the betters here like to have a nice sample size before they look at any futures. Do you think we have a big enough sample size now to make any futures bets? Yeah, I do. It's amazing. There's so much parity in baseball, so many teams near 500, and that's okay because uh, some of these teams will really start to play good baseball. Uh, the Padres are a team I was on early. I think their hitters will start to come around, uh, and the, the Padres, I think, still have some value. I think the Angels, I think they still have value. I still like that pitching staff, and I still like their offense. Uh, and, and again, I hope that uh, it starts to come around now soon, and I hope tonight's the night it starts to come around. All right, Kenny, thanks so much for all the information. I'm always amazed by how much you know about college football, so I really appreciate you bringing some normalcy uh, to my guys in the desert this week. So thanks for coming on. Pleasure. for uh, Thanks for having me. I'll see you next week. Thanks, Kenny. All right. We well. do have some news, by the way, that yeah. we referenced in the first segment. Zion Williamson going to miss tonight for New Orleans with oh, a fractured huge. finger. So if you were listening to our first five <laughs> segment, ignored what we said Strap about it. the Zion. Williamson rebounds because you're not going to get a chance to play that. So now the adjustment here in the market with game number 547, 548, top of the NBA rotation tonight is Philadelphia hosting New Orleans. Philadelphia now up pretty much market wide to a 10 point favorite. This actually went down from nine to seven and a half. And now you're seeing the total 224. 224 and a half. New Orleans kind of been hanging by a thread here to try to get into that 
Ted, that's anywhere from that seven to 10 spot really in the NBA, just looking at the standings, obviously Philadelphia in that chase, the nets have fallen on a little bit of hard time. So it may be down to Philadelphia and Milwaukee, who is going to get that number one seed in the Eastern conference, Philadelphia, currently a two and a half game lead over Brooklyn, three games over Milwaukee, New Orleans Pelicans currently one and a half games back of the last spot with San Antonio, who's kind of been struggling a little bit in their own right. I know James Salinas is dog of the day on bending across America before we came on the air was the Sacramento Kings who all of a sudden have shown some life. They made the Indiana Pacers coaches and players fight each other. You wouldn't have thought that was Sacramento, one of the worst (laughs) defensive teams in the league, but now they're trying to make a little bit of a run. They right now would be, I believe, two and a half games back. So uh, for New Orleans, they've kind of been the disappointment this year. It's the first year with Stan Van Gundy. Now they have injuries. Now you have Ingram out. You have Steven Adams out. Now Zion Williamson, I guess it said it, he was out indefinitely, yeah, I believe. Fractured so. left ring finger. Do you think someone was trying to aggressively engage him? Uh, Perhaps, Danielle, but nevertheless, he's not going to be able to do much on the court. So now you wonder if kind of reality is going to set in for the Pelicans where it's like, okay, we've been chasing, 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 chasing. And you wonder if this is the end of the line. So there's the opportunity if Sacramento wants to try to catch San Antonio. And now all of a sudden, San Antonio is the team being chased and they have the pressure on them to stay in the 10 spot. I don't think four games back, Sacramento can get Memphis. So pretty much you got to think Golden State and Memphis are going to be in that 7-10 to 10, regardless of which seed that they are but certainly a definite blow for Phil, for New Orleans rather so now Sixers 10 point favorite by the way still don't know Embiid's status for tonight lineups have not been released usually you said like the news outlets tend to know whether or not Embiid will go or not so hopefully we'll have an update on that for you sometime during the show but as you mentioned that's going to alter entirely they the may think market. they can sit him tonight yeah. uh, and, and maybe steal a game with uh, him resting with the two and a half game lead in the east all right stick with us a lot more to talk about right here on my guys in the desert into the oddstrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out oddstrader.com and download the free oddstrader app right now so you can start winning with the up to the second info you need. We're back here on My Guys in the Desert, Danielle Avari, Wes Reynolds, and keeping a close eye now on this Pirates Cubs game. The Cubs were up three to zero at the bottom of the eighth, but the Pirates have rallied here three to two in the top of the ninth. Yeah, under could be hanging on by a thread. Seven and a half did go under for the first five, so at least halfway home there it was a three to nothing after five but Tapera comes on for the Chicago Cubs here in the ninth and two runners now in so now Rex brothers uh, Rex O brothers I guess you could say if he may blow this save uh, did hit uh, Adam Frazier to put him on base also gave up a base hit to Wilmer Defoe so you got Brock Reynolds up here against uh, Rex brothers two outs sacks packed here in Wrigley Field three to two and the total as I mentioned was seven and a half that was the closer pretty much market-wide. Cubbies were about 
anywhere from like a dollar forty-five favorite today against Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh really had been shut down by Zach Davies. Really hadn't done much until the ninth inning. Both of their runs here. So now brothers against Reynolds here. Reynolds zero for four. Any relation? No relation. Okay. I'll claim him. I'll I'll call him my play cousin here if he gets a base (laughs) hit. But actually, maybe not because it might cost me a wager. But nevertheless, uh, two outs here in Wrigley Field. Three to two. Cubbies hanging on. All right. Well, we'll keep a close eye on this. Obviously, base is loaded now. Uh, so if we interject what we're about to talk about with this, then you'll understand. A little bit of Wells Fargo Championship going on today. Uh, a new leader in the clubhouse, though. Phil has fallen off. He has fallen off. A lot of uh, players really fell off today. Six under, still your lead here. So there are a lot of people. If you are not right on the lead and you have some futures here, six under is still your leader. It is Matt Wallace. Gary Woodland uh, playing well again. Of course, the U.S. Open champion two years ago at Pebble Beach. And a guy from my neck of the woods, Avon, Indiana, Patrick Rogers, uh, former Stanford grade, still looking really for his first PGA Tour win. Had a chance here several years ago, was runner-up to Rory McIlroy when Rory McIlroy actually won here in 2015. So Patrick Rogers shares the lead with Matt Wallace and Gary Woodland. Kramer Hickok, five under par all by his lonesome. And speaking of Rory McIlroy, five under round today How for Rory that? here at 66. And now, more than likely, depending on where you sharp the Odd the favorite currently to win the event. I believe he's the low price on the odds board right now, four to one, despite being two back. So Rory is in the clubhouse, as is Scott Piercy, as is Keith Mitchell. Scott Stallings, the low man on the course right now, just started the front nine. He started on the back today, so he is four under, two under on his round. And you mentioned Phil Mickelson still in the top ten. And uh before I get to that, fly ball to right field. Jason Hayward makes a catch. Cubs hang on. So Rex Brothers able to get it home for the Chicago Cubs three to two, but uh, some uh, some very cousin. tense moments in Wrigley. Yeah, bad showing for your cousin there, unfortunately. Yeah, zero for five. So I went two for two on this game. So I guess I'm ahead of him at least on this one. But Phil Mickelson, you mentioned, yeah, four over par today, so minus three, but still only three back. Bubba Watson also there at three under. So a lot of the guys that were kind of the chalk on the leaderboard in the overnights. Uh, one guy I have, Victor Havlin, who is two under playing the 16th hole right now definitely not out of it but just scrolling down uh the leaderboard here justin thomas currently even bar i think he was the overnight favorite of like seven or eight to one right around about so he has gone two over par so he is even par by the way this is where we get to friday afternoon where we get the old cut sweats of who's going to make the cut for this event it is low 65 and ties that are your cut so plus one currently is the number 67 players and actually now the current cut has moved to plus two so that means 81 players at plus two or better there are some notables including bryson DeChambeau, who had a poor round this morning at three over par he is currently one of those players at two over John Rahm also at two over much better today than he was yesterday so right now 81 players going to make the weekend here at the Wells Fargo but this is those Friday afternoon cut sweats especially if you're DFS lineup players so a lot of people paying attention to that but this is still a very
very wide open tournament when uh, you have such a condensed leaderboard, six under, so very high scoring here at this event. Nobody's really going super low. Tom How are your bets looking specifically? Okay, the yeah. matchups are looking good. I, I've got Victor Hovland and right. Emiliano Grillo at two under par, so they Billy are Bidlin definitely is not also on Grillo. Yes, yes, uh, and he matched on the stats uh, uh, in terms of the strokes he gained off the tee as Victor Hovland lips out at 16, so he will remain at two under par. But I think if you're within a few shots of the lead, your guy definitely has a chance. All right. Interesting. We'll keep that updated. And again, that Pirates-Cubs game just wrapped up. But more coming up next. We'll talk a little bit of college football. Don't go anywhere. My guys in the desert coming back. Welcome back in. Did you know vcin.com has the latest lines and odds for every game on the board tonight? Track the line movements with live charts, get estimated scores for every matchup, and all the betting information you need to stay on top of the action. You can also use our parlay calculator to figure out payouts and get all our betting 101 info, including definitions of the betting terms we use here on the Sports Betting Network. Start your day's sports betting research for free at vcin.com. This is my guys in the desert, Danielle Avari, Wes Reynolds here. I have to say one of my favorite terms I learned when I was first starting to bet, grand salami. That's a fun one. Yes, it is. And and that's a way to obviously bet. It's up there every day. Of course, if there's rain delays, it gets taken off the board and rain outs. And one baseball game in the books already just went uh, final over the last break. Three to two Cubs over the Pirates. So mm -hmm. if you had the Cubs on the run line, you're in the clubhouse right now for bad beat of the day. Minus one and a half plus 140 plus 145 ish. So Pirates get two runs, but the Cubs get the victory. Oof, bad beat. That's the definition on there as well. If you don't know what that is, make sure you check out vcin.com and check out all those betting terms. Let's talk a little bit about the FCS semifinals going on this weekend. If you didn't know, there is college football going on right now. Delaware at number one, South Dakota State. South Dakota State, an eight and a half point favorite here. Total sitting around 37 and a half. Man, it's weird to see football totals again. Uh, that one's at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Also, number three, James Madison at number two, Sam Houston State. It's a pick 'em here. Total sitting around 47. And that one starts at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. And it's weird to see such low football totals right. anyway in college football with everything becoming more of a passing game, not only at the collegiate level, but in the Sunday game in the NFL as well. But I think this Total being low in that first game is definitely warranted. South Dakota State, by the way, seven and one. Three of their wins, though, by five points or fewer this season. Basically, South Dakota State, what you're going to see with both of these teams, both of these teams, I think, like to run the ball a little bit more. South Dakota State, one of the better rush defenses in all of FCS, only giving up 118 yards a game. Delaware's running back, Dewan Lee, who is the player of the year in that conference, the CAA, only has 105 yards and a touchdown in his last three 
three games. So Delaware's offense really has struggled to get going a little bit. Plus, you have their quarterback, that being Nolan Henderson. He's got a shoulder injury. It is on his non-throwing shoulder, though. So not as as crucial, obviously, but still a guy that's playing in pain and playing hurt here. And you wonder how much, even if it's on its non-throwing shoulder, how much Delaware is going to do in terms of the passing game. You've got a very opportunistic defense with the Jackrabbits in South Dakota State. They have 12 interceptions in just eight games this year, so obviously forcing a lot of turnovers. But on the Delaware side, they rely a lot on their defense, especially that pass defense. Number one in pass yards allowed per attempt at 4.85. Number two in all of FCS in passing yards allowed per game, 108.7. So I know it's it's a leap of faith to bet a, a total that low, but maybe go a little bit old school and maybe go with a low scoring under here, and that would be the way I would go. I think 38 is actually an appropriate number here, and and I take into account what Kenny White said because I think South Dakota State. I'm not going to bet it here at eight and a half. I'm even seeing a couple nines in the market, mm-hmm. including at BetMGM seven and a half. By the way, here at the South Point, if you want to lay the low here on the Jackrabbits, but. I, this could maybe get out of hand, and that's what you worry about with the low total. Even if it's a low-scoring game, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, South Dakota State wins 31-10. It's <laughs> going over the total, but I kind of lean to the under here. I think that this is going to be a very very low-scoring game. I'm not sure how Delaware is going to approach this offensively with this quarterback dealing with that shoulder injury, Henderson. So. Probably you're going to see like a lot Drew of breeze of his team. Yeah, you're going to playing through the pain. Well, you're going to see a lot of running here. I think yeah. in in both of these games, really, or in especially in this first game. So that's why I think that the under is probably at play. Delaware has had a, a nice sneaky run this year, but I don't like Kenny I was said. Say there, you mentioned their defense. It must be doing well for them. Seven and zero. Yeah. after beating Jacksonville State twenty to fourteen in the quarters last week. And four of their seven games this year have actually gone under thirty eight points so they're comfortable winning these you know old school to mid 2000s sec games or afc north games you know some old browns ravens games that are 16 13 or something of that nature but delaware has been on a nice run but i don't think they have the firepower to beat south dakota state up there in the state of south dakota so under for me in this one i would almost maybe that like tempts me to maybe you know, take the points with them on that. But because uh, usually if it's a low total points or more at a premium, that does right. favor the underdog. Yeah. Uh, what about James Madison versus Sam Houston state? Uh, that one at 1130 Pacific James Madison national finalist in 2019, seven and zero after beating North Dakota 34 to 21 in the quarters last week on the other side, Sam Houston, Eight and zero after knocking off defending national champs North Dakota State twenty four to twenty last week. And SHSU is the underdog yet again. They were a two and a half point underdog last week and did knock out, as you mentioned, the defending FCS champion North mm-hmm. Dakota State. So James Madison has kind of been been there, done that. And Sam Houston State's been a very good FCS program too, beating Monmouth and then of course North Dakota State last week. JMU had a much easier time with VMI in North Dakota. Sam Houston State first and yards per play on the FCS season. They've averaged 45 points a game, but they've only scored 45 points in the two tournament playoff games uh, this time around. Eric Schmidt is their quarterback. He is the Southland Conference Player of the Year. They have a receiver named Ezard who averages 27 <laughs> yards per catch, which is an absolutely exorbitant number. Yes, that's very good. Okay. That is way above average, shall we say. But oh, like I mentioned with SHSU, only 45 points in two games. The D 
defense has been very good, though, has really carried the day more than their offense, which really carried them during the regular season. Only gave up 3.8 yards of play last week against North Dakota State and then 4.3 yards of play against Monmouth. Meanwhile, James Madison, 65 points in two games with uh, two easier opponents. The defense for James Madison, they're actually second in points per game, second in first down rate, second in turnover rate. So this JMU defense is very good. Small lean to the over. I see some 46, some 46 and a half down there, but I think I'm with Kenny on this one. I think the right team is favorite here with the Dukes. Yeah, and with that pick it could go either way. It could just be a shootout. Uh, what about these championship odds? We talked about these with Kenny, the championship on Sunday, May 16th. You can still bet these on DraftKings. South Dakota State, the favorite here, minus 167. James Madison, plus 275. Sam Houston State, 3-1. to one, And Delaware at 8-1. to one. And, SA, and uh, uh, South Dakota State, I believe, still the highest remaining team here mm-hmm. in these FCS playoffs. But... You know, you may have to go with the team that's kind of been there, done that, and won that the most recently, and that could be James Madison. And I think that they get the win here against South Dakota or Sam Houston State, rather. I think you're probably going to get a South Dakota State James Madison final next week. All right. Well, something to look forward to. Again, those odds on DraftKings, South Dakota State, minus 167. James Madison, plus 275. You're looking for a little bit more value. Sam Houston State, 3-1. to one. And Delaware, 8-1, to one, the long shot. Maybe they'll get past South Dakota State. We'll see. We're talking NHL when we get back right here on My Guys in the Desert. Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com and download the free OddsTrader app right now so you can start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. Here on My Guys in the Desert, Danielle Avari and Wes Reynolds. Now we're coming towards the end of the NHL and the NBA season, which means playoffs right around the corner for the NBA, the play-in. Let's take a look at the NHL slate tonight, especially the games that have some playoff implications. The Hurricanes can clinch the number one seed in the Central if the Stars beat the Lightning in regulation, uh, the Predators can clinch their playoff berth. If the Lightning beat the Stars in regulation, the Blues clinch playoff their berth with win versus the Golden Knights or an Avalanche win or <laughs> a Kings overtime loss. For the- This one's very complicated, but you get it. There's a lot on the line tonight for these games. Let's so you're start- saying the Blues need some help yeah. to get that final There's a spot. lot of ifs, ands, pluses, and also... And- Ifs, ands, buts, whatever you want to put yeah. there for the St. Louis Blues. But we're saying there's a chance. Let's start with Stars Lightning. That one's going to kick off in just about uh, under 90 minutes here. Uh, I would not want to bet against this Lightning team right now. But I am going to go ahead and do that here. I did you take are. the Dallas Stars at okay. plus 135. 
this is probably kind of their Waterloo or last stand game, whatever you want to call it here. Dallas still can get in the playoffs, but they're going to need some help in front of them. They are back of the Nashville Predators, who are not in action tonight, but Nashville does close out with two games at home against the Carolina Hurricanes, who at least right now it's not clinched. There's a lot of things that can happen, but Carolina looks like they are going to go ahead and be the number one seed in that Central Division. You do have the Lightning here, Lightning and the Florida Panthers. Panthers battle of the sunshine state. They're going to have a two game series on Saturday and on Monday. So basically whoever gets the better of those ends is going to get that number two seed and at least get home ice advantage here for the first round of the playoffs. Carolina looks like they would, they would need a disaster to probably not get that number one seed in the central. So the stars, we know the story with this team. This team had COVID uh, issues right away in the season. And then Tyler Sagan, one of their big stars, missed most of the season. Now he is back. And you're seeing the stars take a little money here. I think not only because, obviously, this is a this is a win or go home or win or your season's over scenario, but also the fact Curtis McElhaney is in between the pipes for Tampa Bay tonight. He is the number two goalie. Now, he has been better of late, but obviously they don't want to play Vasilevsky on back-to-backs this close to the Stanley Cup playoffs. So they're throwing out McElhaney out there. Kidobin is going to go in net for the Dallas Stars. I would much prefer the backup goaltender, to be honest with you, who has been in much better form. That'd be Jake Ettinger. But they are going to go with Kidobin. You've seen the Stars get a little bit of money here. So... I think maybe they got one more good effort. I know I watched that game against Florida the other night where they came back from two goals down in the third and forced overtime. Florida Panthers, I believe, are like undefeated in overtime this year. So you kind of knew, okay, the Stars couldn't get it done in regulation. Then they lose in overtime. And then you kind of saw that body language. And then the last time out against the Tampa Bay Lightning, it was a blowout by the score. It was a closer game than I think was really indicated. But... The Stars obviously know that they are very much up against it here, that they're going to have to win and they're going to have to get some help. Last time out on against Lightning on Wednesday, it was 6-2 Lightning. But there were right. a couple empty netters at the end that made it more cosmetically, I guess, deceiving in terms of how the game was played. So I'm going to go with the Stars. I took 135. You're starting to see a little bit less now in the market. They are taking a trickle of money with the goaltender change. Under also right now is about five and a half minus 125. I think that's the right price. I'm not going to go ahead with the total here, but I do like the Dallas Stars, even seeing as low in the market as plus 120 at BetMGM. So you're starting to see the 35s and the 130s disappear. Still at 35 here at the South Point Hotel and Casino, but starting to get in those 125-ish ranges on the Stars tonight. I would even look at that over. I know that the stars are in a sort of must-win situation, but I might even get greedy here and take the puck line with the lightning. Well, and, and one of the things about the total, too, if if the stars maybe have to pull the goaltender a little bit early, which you often see in the playoffs, when, okay, you've got an elimination game and you're down a couple goals, you got to pull that goaltender about four or five minutes ago instead of inside of two minutes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, look, I understand, and the lightning are a better team, but I, I'm going with the stars in the situational spot tonight Tampa Bay I think they kind of know 
where they are right now. They know that not they're as not going to well, they yeah. know they're not going to get that number one seed now right. in in the central because Carolina is more than likely going to get it with a five point lead. So I think Tampa Bay, the focus really, not that they're not going to try tonight, but the focus I think is more along the lines of staying ahead of Florida, right. who right now they're tied with at seventy five points, and that's really going to be the determining factor. Florida does have uh, one more game, so Tampa Bay still does have a game in hand and has three games as opposed to Florida's two. So obviously with more games in hand, more opportunity to get points there. So I think that's what Tampa Bay is going to focus on. And I'd like the stars to keep their playoff hopes alive for just one more night. Well, I hope so too, because I do have a future on them. It's one of my longest shots, Um, but I also have a future on the lightning. So uh, we'll see how that plays out tonight in the central, the hurricanes, lightning Panthers, all three have clinched their playoff spot. The predators four points up on Dallas with three games left. What about the Vegas golden Knights tonight? They face the blues. They're a minus 180 favorite in most spots plus 160 for the blues. That's a consensus odd. That one at 7 PM tonight, 10 PM Eastern. Yeah. And BGK has gotten the money and I don't necessarily disagree with it. Vladimir Tarasenko who missed a lot of the season for St. Louis and then came back and then they kind of rallied at least to have a shot at playoff contention. But now he is out with the lower body injury as his defenseman, Tori Krug. So St. Louis right now trying to hang on to that fourth spot. They are currently at 56 points. Only the LA Kings, who I believe have a couple extra games to make up at 48 points. Arizona Coyotes are now are now done for pretty much. So uh, they are eliminated. So the Kings, but the Kings would basically need to kind of win out. And of course you host the Colorado avalanche tonight and you're about a plus two thirty, plus two forty dog at home. So odds are against the Kings. I think St. Louis mm-hmm. knows, Hey, we're probably going to be in the playoffs and, you know, maybe perhaps not force a guy back to come back too soon with these injuries. So that's why you've seen VGK get the money. And plus the fact that VGK is four points ahead of the Colorado avalanche. So, they want to get that home ice advantage. And we were talking about that. I know with Mike Palm, when we mm-hmm. had Mike and Derek join us yesterday from circa the circus sports studio, Minnesota has been a real tough out for both of these teams at the top here in the West with Vegas and They've Colorado. They've been causing issues so, for all those top teams. Yeah. You would, you would rather avoid Minnesota as long as you can. So I'm sure VGK would much rather, okay, you, you go ahead and handle that Colorado or you go ahead and uh, face those guys because <laughs> they have absolutely given the Vegas golden Knights a nightmare uh, so far this season, even though VGK did win the last matchup. But I think we kind of anticipate that Vegas and Colorado are going to be on this collision course, if you will, out here in the West. I still think that's probably going to happen, but mm-hmm. Minnesota's right there with these teams and, and Minnesota still has something to play for too, because they're only one point back. So they're hosting the ducks. They're a big favorite tonight, Colorado, a big favorite on the road at the Kings. So Minnesota could maybe get that home ice advantage against Colorado. So uh, just a, real a parlay, perhaps on the wild and the on VGK, maybe. Yeah, but what we saw the other night too, remember? Actually, last night we saw those favorites, and it's like I really don't want to parlay all these favorites because there is going to be an no, some of them got. I mean, the Islanders lost last night. Yeah, and you knew you knew at least one was kind of going to get you because you knew a lot of betters were going to go ahead and, and just parlay all these big favorites. Dwayne that, told us that, right? Yes. Dwayne Colucci mentioned that, and I yes. think he said a lot of people were pairing the Islanders in those NHL parlays, mm. and that did not come home. Right. Devils beat the Islanders, and then the Blackhawks beat the Hurricanes, so 
you know, you got to be a little bit gun shy or a little bit, uh, I guess, uh, conservative. Be wary. Yes, wary. Yeah. Wary is a very good word. Thank you, Danielle. I was uh, searching for one there. But that's what you got to be when you get these big favorites because it's obviously priced into the market of these teams that are going to be out of the playoffs. So you look at the market tonight, like Anaheim, it's already priced in the market. And that's why you're seeing this big of a favorite. I mean, if it was middle of the regular season, wild would be maybe a buck 80 favorite and Anaheim be getting plus plus one sixty instead of two fifty tonight. So be a little wary, as you were saying, Danielle, of betting all better these favorites beware. and parlays. Yeah, better beware of those parlays. That's something you do when you're a newer better, like myself. Uh, but I will not be doing that tonight. In the West, the Golden Knights, the Avalanche, and the Wild have all clinched. But the Blues, as Wes mentioned, eight points up on the Kings with five games left. Avalanche and Kings tonight, you also kind of got into this game a little bit. Do you have a side you like here or maybe taking a look at the total? I do not as of yet because uh, we haven't had the goaltenders announce. Uh, Devin Dubnik still in quarantine for the Colorado Avalanche. So, and uh, Frank Hughes has been out. So, uh, Colorado, I'm not sure who's going to be in goal. Jonathan Quick also questionable for the Los Angeles Kings, their longtime starter. So, Colorado's got some guys that they're that that are out a little bit. Some of their second, third line forwards and defensemen. So, the big guns are all there. Uh, McKinnon and those guys. So, they're relatively healthy coming in and that's why they're such a big favorite I think that they're so explosive I actually kind of like them a little bit more in terms of how they were playing than the Golden Knights even though the Golden Knights are now leading in the standings and more than likely going to be your number one seed but the Avalanche just have so much firepower and that's why you're seeing this total get bet to the over I think it's five and a half minus a dollar 25 pretty much across the board but you are starting to see some sixes juice to the under appear so would lean that way on the total have not bet this game though do you think we'll see that total change as well once those goaltenders are announced or are these pretty much locked more, in? More than likely, I, I think, because the Avalanche, uh, Avalanche are going to get over money almost every single night anyway, even though it's 25-25-1 on the split because they just have so much offensive firepower, not only the first, but the second and the third lines as well. Yeah, lots of drama obviously going on in the NHL yesterday too. We talked about uh, the ongoing spat between the Rangers and the NHL. They gave that fine out for, uh, you know, we don't want to dive into it again. But for the kerfuffle or act yeah. of violence, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, punching someone's face into the ice. Uh, and the NHL responded with a fine. And uh, so lots of drama on and off the ice. But lots to look forward to tonight. Um, I might look at some first period unders here as well. Like you mentioned, some teams don't really have as much to play for. So something look to keep in mind. Look at you adding to your repertoire. How about yeah. that? Yeah, anything that gets done in the first period, the first <laughs> quarter, I'm on it. Stick with us. we got more coming up in hour two of My Guys in the Desert.